It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
featuring the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's Man of the Hour and home of America's biggest Trump supporters. Climb aboard and buckle up your seatbelt because this is a wild ride. Nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega. God bless Kanye West. La, 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 wait till I get my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I smit that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. The whole much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he gets the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Cosby's. I ain't go to hell, man. I guess the money should have changed them. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. You can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Uh-uh, you can't tell me nothing. Let up the suicide doors. This is my life, homie. You decide yours. I know that Jesus died for us. But I couldn't tell you who the side was. So I parallel double park that mother sideways. Old folks talking about back in my day. But homie, this is my day. Class started two hours ago. Oh, am I late? No, I already graduated. And you can live through anything if magic made it. They say I talk with so much emphasis. Ooh, they so sensitive. Don't ever fix your lips like collagen to say something where you gon' end up apologizing. Let me know if it's a problem then. Alright, man, holler then.
can't tell him nothing. You can't tell him nothing. He's going to live his life the way he wants. God bless Kanye West, man. The effect he's having on our society right now is pivotal. And the, I don't think some people understand the significance and severity on how many people idolize this guy. And he has more Twitter followers than any rap mogul in the industry today. So you look at all of that, and a lot of his supporters are going to be looking at Kanye like, oh, man, I got to go vote for Trump. But, of course, there'll be a lot of those that boycott Kanye, like haters. Anyways, guys, great song. Um, welcome to the show. I'm Rory Sodder. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. It's great to be with all of you. Um, we are back. We had a show on Tuesday. We had a great show. Uh, Grammy Award nominee, Deborah Johnson. She was fantastic. We had, we had a lot of great questions for her. Um, you know, she was uh, a great guest, very insightful, uh, a long resume, very impressive, um, and uh, got a lot of good feedback about that show. So we're happy about that. Um, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in um, on Tuesday. Um, there has been so much going on in the last couple of days uh, in, in the political realm in the world. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's overwhelming. Um, I want to say to everybody, uh, my audience continues to grow, uh, not just nationwide, but worldwide as well. Um, thank you all for the love, and, uh, and I'll keep thanking you. This is a, it's a true honor, um, and I appreciate share, shining my light and uh, sharing my insight with you on a, on a daily basis. Uh, you know, much love to all of you. Uh, tonight we have cybersecurity expert, entrepreneur, and best-selling author, Michael Daugherty, uh, um, calling in. Um, i, I got to ask him how he pronounces his name. I, I, uh, I'm having a hard time pronouncing it. My apologies. Daugherty is what it sounds like. And then we'll have Mike Zolo be calling in. Um, we'll have um, Gianni be calling in later. Um, there's a lot going on on the list. Uh, for, you know, for tonight. We want to talk about the Kanye effect, obviously, because Kanye coming out and having this huge um, mention and this, making this huge sort of comment um, really um, the black community is seeing a new way. I mean, they're seeing, they're seeing this. And like I said, at the, right after the song played, Sure, there'll be those people that boycott Kanye and say, fuck Kanye. But you also have that stack of others. You see it, like I said, more followers than any rap mogul in the industry today on social media. He's got a lot of people that will stick loyal to him no matter what. He's got a lot of people that he heavily influences on a daily basis, millions of people. And they copy everything he does. There's fans that copy everything he does. There are obsessed fans like that. And then he reaches out to all the young black youth, all of the problems in the black community. And you think about that and just that the icon of what he is, but one of the greatest rappers to ever live, great businessman, very intelligent, owns several businesses, uh, Kanye. And uh, has all, you know what I've always loved? I've always loved his music, and he's always spoken his mind. I've always appreciate, appreciated that about Kanye. Um, and it's one of those things where, um, you know, he's coming out and he's not letting anybody control what he says or how he feels. And he doesn't want the black community to be put in a box 
like they have been for years by the Democrats. Kanye has known Trump for a long time. They've been friends. And obvious, and we saw, you know, the demonstration Candace Owen did over the weekend at UCLA. Kanye sees that, and he and he speaks out about it. I mean, you know, and then it started this whole thing, and now Kanye's voice, you know, this is this is going a lot farther than people think. I mean, this could have been right here could have been the deciding factor for the midterm elections in November. Because if you think if the Democrats if they lose more than 90%, uh, I'm going to read this to you, and this is absolutely true. And Kanye is absolutely, uh, I mean, it's amazing how he can, um, you know, come in here and, and do this at such an important time. Because as we all know, we all heard about the rumor of the blue wave coming, all that crap. And, you know, if the Dems lose that 90-plus percent of the black vote, they are toast at the nation level. They haven't won the white vote since 1964. They must turn black uh, by, into voting for them by screaming racism, racism, racism. That's their only tool. But that's not going to work this time. You've got Kanye, and, and I keep saying this because I'm so excited. You've got Kanye West, a mo- one of the biggest moguls in the industry, black Trump supporter, comes out. I mean, and now the whole world I mean, people are, are like, some people are shocked. Some people are like, thank you for saying that. Others are ripping him a new asshole, not letting him have his own freedom of thought. But the impact this is making, I am seeing it. I, I mean, people, you know, we all know how a lot of people in the black community, they want to be like rappers or they want to be like basketball players or they have all these idols that they look up to and they want to be like. They want to talk like them. They want to walk like them. They want to dress like them. They want to fuck it. Put in there, vote, for, vote like them, because you might as well. You have, you, have, you have this, you have this, I mean, it's huge. It's just huge. It's just huge. Mike Zolo, you're on the line. What's going on, buddy? What's up, man? How are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. Um, I, uh, what what's um you've obviously been listening, I mean you I you know your Twitter, uh, everybody ladies and gentlemen my co-host is always Mike Zolo, um but uh, your Twitter buddy um you know you've obviously been talking about the Kanye thing and the effect he's having I don't think people understand the severity and the significance this guy is one of the I mean people look up to him in the black community, and and he called it no, out it's just like he thought Obama didn't no, change Chicago ridiculous. one bit. Yeah, it got worse under Obama in Chicago, his hometown. Yeah, I was well, shocked from there. That. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked your when Kanye tweeted that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, but bro. He, but your thoughts on this whole he, thing? But here's the problem. Then you have all these these black liberals like John Legend calling him out, but what about, you know, saying. Real quick, real quick, I want to inter- interrupt you real quick. Chance the Rapper came out, too, who's big and stuck up for Kanye. You see that? Not all Democrats have yes, to be I black. That. Yeah, blacks don't have to vote Democrat. No, look, this is definitely an excellent, excellent thing. Um, I just hate how these black liberals, they're just, you know, they're, they're you know, John Legend has a big following. The little like midget Kanye. Keebler elf is what I call him. He's a little Keebler elf. He's like he's like five two. The guy the guy's like as short as Joe Pesci. 
And and look again, the guy and the guy talks. He's ridiculous. It's a big thing, but like um, Kanye West is allowed. He's allowed to get off the Democrat plantation. He doesn't have to stay, you know, as a slave to the Democrats. And good for him for telling all his fans and all his millions of um, you know followers. Hey, the most out of any rap mogul on Twitter. Most followers. Right. Right. And and what bothers me... Go ahead, they'll keep going. But what bothers me are these black liberals. Look, you don't have to agree with Kanye, but why do you have to come out and and demonize him and attack him? This is what the left does. John Legend is a piece of shit. The way I hate that fucking guy. And his wife and his wife's a you know, I won't say uh, it on the air, but you know what I was about to say. His wife is a, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, but she's gross. And she's another lefty. Is they're gross all, they're all liberals. <laughs> but my problem, my problem is the way, look, all of a sudden, Kanye West says he likes Donald Trump, and people hate him. Kanye West was yeah, loved you, by the black, you know. Loved by everybody, by radio hosts, and you have these radio shows now, these black radio shows that are coming out and denouncing him and mocking him. This bullshit, man. Why do you have to be a Democrat if you're black? Why? This is this is what the left does. They bully every single person that every black person that leaves the Democrat plantation. The the the, the, the Democrats have treated blacks terribly. They have used, abused, and taken advantage of them for years. And Kanye has taken the red pill, and he is woke. And this is a great thing for America and a good thing for the, for the black community. But John Legend and all these people running their mouths, they're going to hurt themselves because little by little, black people are starting to wake up. I don't know in the end how much percentage it's going to be. It's going to be hard to get a lot. But this is the way it's going to happen. By big celebrities that are black like Kanye that, are, that come out and say, you know what, I'm not going to keep being a Democrat. I like the things Trump is doing. You know, he's a good guy. He's my brother, he said. I love him. Look, this is this is this and black unemployment at an all time low. How can you still yep. fight Donald Trump? How can you still vote Democrat? How? And and, and if you people think about are waking it, up. And, yeah, and if you if and I wanna I wanna w- welcome my special guest real quick though, Mike, and then I wanna respond to you. Special guest tonight. We have Michael. Michael, what? How do you pronounce your last name? Is it? I couldn't. Is it? It's not. Oh, it's easy. It's 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 Doherty. Just like knock on the door, Doherty. Okay, it's Michael Doherty. Okay, excellent. So we have Michael Doherty, entrepreneur, best-selling author, and cybersecurity expert, joining us tonight. We are very honored. Uh, He's a very popular guy, very busy guy, doing a lot of great things and a lot of great business ventures going on right now. He's doing a lot of different stuff in D.C. and stuff, and, and he's based out of Atlanta. He's doing stuff in Georgia. Um, we're very excited to have him with us. But, um, but Mike, if you don't mind real quick, I just wanted to respond to the other Mike real quick, just on my That's thoughts fine. on Kanye. Um, uh, so, so, all the, so, you, so since there's two Mikes on the phone, because uh, Mike is my co-host as well, so I'll just use your last name, Mike, as Zolo. I'll just use since we don't get mixed up. So Zolo, not a problem. Here's um, here's the thing with the, you know, you're absolutely right with the black community. I mean, you know, you you look at, you you look at how it should be. It should be the opposite way around because if you look at Democrats and the liberals, I mean, if you look at the Democratic Party, 
Look who founded plantations. Look who founded slavery. Look who wants control over black people. Look who depends on their vote. Look who uses them for political gain and doesn't give a shit. Let's just face they don't give a shit about black people. They never have. Look at cities like Detroit. Look at cities like Chicago. Look at cities like New York. Look at cities like St. Louis, Missouri in certain parts. I mean, with their Baltimore. I mean, there's so many different examples of places ran by Democratic politicians that never get fixed, issues never get dealt with. It's always, it's, it's a slump. It, it, it's taking money from the inner cities, if anything. The blacks are getting stolen from by the Democrats, and we've been seeing this for a long time. And, you know, the fact, I mean, more and more people are waking up. But, and, and, you get, and you get back to all of this, and when, and when you look at it in reality, like the, these black, the black people, I mean, that vote Democrat, they're, doing, they're voting for the opposite of what history, I mean, history fought for their freedom. And that was the Republican Party. It sure as hell wasn't the Democratic Party. The Democrats wanted to keep them in slavery and plantations. And today, they're, they're doing it still, but it's a little more subtle, but controlling your health care, controlling... You know, they want to give you welfare. They want to give you food stamps. The government wants to be involved with your life. That's no different than plantations and slavery. It's all the same. I mean, and, and, you and know, we see. Way, we, go ahead. And by the, by the way, real quick, I just want to say, when you say all these cities are controlled by Democrats, I want people to understand, it's not like it's 60% Democrat politicians and 40% Republicans. It's, no, 80, no, no. Not, it's like 90%. <laughs> Absolutely. Chicago doesn't have a Republican representative in sight, so it's exclusively Democrat. So the blame, therefore, is on the left, the Democrat Party. I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're taking control. Uh, Michael, I want to get you involved um, heavily, you know, in this discussion. Um, you know, obviously you, you are a big Trump supporter, and uh, you've been paying attention to the news. Um, what are you, what's your thoughts on the whole Kanye thing? Because I, I mean, I'd love to hear your insights. Well, I, you have to understand. I always think it's the same, the same playbook, and we have to understand the playbook. It's like same play, different actors, and everything you're talking about: yep. Detroit, Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, Kanye, Hollywood. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, you know, the, the media owns um, academia, unions. Yep. It, the common thread is that this triangle of victim, villain, savior, and the the, the the establishment left thinks they're the savior. And the irony is, of course, uh, you know they're usually very wealthy and they're usually uh, bilking everything, and they'll say anything to to seduce the downtrodden into thinking they're going to care for them. And and so and and they always make the promise for the future, the promise for the future, the promise for the future. So <laughs> Obama fails the black community because they're not better off after two terms of presidency, and in milliseconds they'll say, "Oh, he needed another term." So it, there's just it's a, it's a nonstop moving the cheese, and so when someone inside. And you would consider yeah. Kanye inside. He's inside entertainment. He's inside um, right. African American. He's he's was yep. left. Um, when you have to, they're gonna rip him to shreds because they want to send a message to anyone else that decides to go rogue inside the camp. 
<laughs> so I'm, this That's whole true. hysteria thing doesn't surprise me at all. What is what I think is good, though, in an, an unfortunate way, and this is the great thing about social media. I mean, it's like cable television. You know, we used to have four channels, and they're all pretty good. Now we have 500 and 400 are terrible. But at least you can get your stuff out there, and the cream rises to the top. And over time, people know something's wrong in the country. They don't know exactly what yet. Um, now we're seeing that Trump won. I mean, if you would have said Trump was going to win the day before, people would have laughed you in the face. Now we've seen how these people act when they don't get their way. And all you have to do is look at who's still in temper tantrum mode. It's Comey. It's, it's, you know, it's the top of investigation. It's the top of government. It's mainstream media. It is everyone, that entire network. It, it's not just who you – it's basically who, who isn't elected, who isn't under some of the people. Um, this is who is in still meltdown mode. I've never seen people fail so much and then just repeat why they failed. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And, and you know what? And, and the thing about it is, like, they are the biggest sore losers I have ever seen. I didn't win the election. I'm Hillary Clinton. So we're going to come out with a fake Russia story, and we're going to try and jeopardize President Trump. I mean, all of this crap. I mean, Trump and Putin are enemies at this point right now. I mean, not enemies. I, I don't want to say that. But they're not getting along because of what's going on with the whole Syria thing. So do people not see the visibility of what's going on right in front of their eyes? Putin and Trump aren't the best of buddies right now. And Trump has even called out Putin many times. And the liberal media tries to call that, oh, they're just acting. They're just, you know. And, and we, have, we just have all of this stupid stuff. Like, I think I saw some liberal today on social media say, oh, guys, a con- a Donald Trump paid Kanye to say all that stuff. Yeah, bullshit. Well, I mean, it's look when liars just keep on lying. I mean, man. The I mean, they I come say, up with, I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's infinite. I mean, it will never, ever, ever stop. And I would say, okay, this is what happens. Remember when you're two and a half years old and you walk in and you get your hand in the cookie jar and your hands in the cookie jar and the lid's trapped in the, with your hand in the cookie jar and your mother says, get your hand in the cookie jar and you go, what cookie jar? These people suffer from magical thinking. <laughs> they will nonstop make stuff up. And it's amazing. It doesn't matter. And I really, I was shocked by this when Romney lost. I, I, I was like, Oh, my gosh, I really am naive. <laughs> there are a lot of stupid, gullible people out there. And, and, you and know this doesn't even roll into immigration. It was a lot of ignorant white people that voted him a second-term Obama. Well, I think anyone that's educated, regardless of their race, because I don't like – I mean, I don't want to get into politically uh, – I don't play their frigging game. What I want to say is, look, they'll say anything about race to keep them in power, hence – they could care less about immigration. Look how they have completely, relentlessly made any immigration issue about legal immigration. They never talk about legal and illegal immigration. They just talk about immigration. So that if you're against, if you're against illegal immigration, they say you're against immigration. They, 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 it's the, there's so much crap thrown up on the wall, you have to have five minutes to catch it. And they won't stop. That that's what it's it's a hysterical meltdown. It's the biggest temper tantrum I've ever seen. And the real bottom line is, 
Are we going to just stare stare at them and then go vote? I hope so. Remember that I scene. Remember Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when when Harrison Ford came out and the guy was screaming, yelling, throwing his knives like crazy and raising a whole big fit, and then all all Harrison Ford did was just like pull out his gun and blow him away. That that's that's because <laughs> these people just throw these hysterics and you can't play it with them. I mean, they just won't stop. Well, I wanted no, to say were, real quick that um, yeah, go ahead, Zola. I used to I used to hate talking. I mean, I still do hate talking about race. The fact is, though, I am sick and tired of the left in this country, and I'm so sick of them with white privilege. It's, you know, it's all the white man's fault. I am just, I have had it. I mean, like, I what, see yeah, these like, what do you call Like, what do you call a white guy? He's a white, like, it's so ridiculous. Like, what about a white guy that is poor? What about homeless white people? Are they white privileged, too? Like, I'm, I'm confused with this whole stupid term, liberal ideology, that they came up with. It's one of the most ridiculous things. We might as well call all these uh, movie black movie stars and black rappers black privilege then. Let's start using black privilege. Let's start using Chinese privilege. How about Mexicano privilege? Let's use all of it. If they're going to start using white, we, you know what I mean? It's like ridiculous. It's stupid. Well, because but what happens is you cry wolf too much and then the true issues get get people can't dis- differentiate it, it, they just can't yeah. and then they shut down and, and this is the yeah. problem because i mean like like when things were going in missouri where all i think the media has tried to stoke you know riots they like put starter fluid on them and they don't they don't continue you know baltimore didn't continue um it it, it it's and and the thing is, I'm no isolated guy, and I don't. And I've got a lot of black friends and Asian friends, and Me too. I don't. Me too. They just go. It's like, uh, you know, they just kind of sigh and move on. Because how do you think they feel? How do you think they feel on how it's they're projected? Well, it's just a, it's just it's exactly right, but it's also it's just a it's just well, what does Michael Jackson say? I don't want to spend my life being a color. I was, you know, that song he, he had that song on, uh, that song that, he, that it was on the radio a few days ago, and they cut that part, that line out. And <laughs> well, that's what the media does. Doesn't matter if you're black or white. Doesn't He's got matter. a line in there that says, "I don't want to spend my life being a color," and it's a very provocative, provocative comment. Could you see if he put that in a lyric today, if he was alive, or if anybody did? Oh, you know, yeah. so oh, it, it's tough because you have to address you, – if you, if you just make it about a color, it depersonalizes mm-hmm. it, and it's not about people and, and, and corruption, yeah. which is right. universal. You know, isms yeah. – I mean, I, mean, I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. half Greek, and, 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 nice. and my Greek family had to split and leave Greece, and, you know, six of my grandmother's siblings went to Argentina. She never saw them again. There's so much human cruelty to each other, and yeah. in this country it was slavery in the 19th century. Uh, there's still slavery all over the world. Look at what's happening. So the problem is all those serious issues to teach people that it's about what human beings do to other human beings and cultures do it to other cultures when they get too much power. Now, I don't know what the guy in in North Korea has been drinking the past three days because he's suddenly Mr. Happy, but I have a feeling that China kicked his butt. (laughs) So we'll see. 
But, you know, oh, you yeah. go into Asia. Go, hmm? go ahead. No, I was going to say, you go to Asia, there's so many Asian, Asian against Asian discrimination. I mean, you think the Japanese and the Koreans get along? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you know, and, and the people that haven't left this country don't know it. And there's, and there's the, the stronger people that, that don't have enough world experience that, that get exploited by all this pounding, pounding storytelling that's false. And and then you know and then they and some of them just march out, march out to the voting booth. Yeah. And the irony is they're voting for the people that are keeping them down. It's but there's true, a, so there's, a, there's also with me there's also a fine line. Again, I don't like to talk about race, but just right. I think it was two weeks ago I was reading an article. This kid in Georgia, the teacher, a white a white second grader, a second grader. They handed the teacher handed out uh, pamphlets to all the white students detailing what white privilege is. I mean, oh, this geez. is that is racism. That's right. And it's racism. scary. It's scary because that idiot. I mean, that teacher's such an idiot. And I mean, no wonder people are yanking him out and homeschooling. It's just, you know, it's terrifying because what you know. Here's the big picture problem. I think is that we haven't had a civics book taught in a school in a century, a century, that it truly explains what goes on in Washington. It, it's like a fairy tale. They, they stop at the three branches of government, and the three branches of government are about 15% of what goes on up there, because for a century they've spawned all these agencies, and those agencies are completely against what the founding fathers started this country on. So that's why all this stuff's going on and everyone's confused because no one teaches that in the school, so people don't know. How are you supposed to know? And, again, it just keeps a bag over everyone's head. Confused equals docile and obedient. And they like to keep them confused. I mean, you never would think that in America the left would get so radical to the point where Many schools, I'm, I, I believe some schools still do it, um, but but even grammar schools, they don't even do say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. I mean, I mean that's just Marxism. amazing. This is this is like cultural Marxism. This is this is anti-American. I mean, why wouldn't you want your your young child to to be to to love his country? You know, show a sense of patriotism of nationalism. I mean, I just don't. I mean, this is anti-American. Well, that, well, that's what I mean by since the parents never even read a real civics book, they don't know. So they're sitting ducks when their kids right. get brainwashed. And then here's the other irony. Then Hamilton comes up in New York, and everyone acts like they just discovered something brand new. You know, since it's on Broadway. <laughs> Good point. And suddenly they're also patriotic, but it's like their story. Really? <laughs> you know, and I've seen <laughs> Hamilton, and when they talk about immigrants being so great, everyone cheers kind of with a jeer against people because, once again, people think that people on, on the right are against immigrants. No, we're against law-breaking. Exactly. You know, we're against coming in here and taking jobs away from – here's the other thing. Who loses the most through illegal immigration? The poor. 
And especially yes. the black community. Uh, there was a study yep. that recently came out, and the black community were suffering the most from illegal immigrants taking their jobs. But they want to change the narrative that it's not about law, and they want to, and they, and they beat you down. And that's what they do sometimes suddenly and sometimes with a big fist. And Kanye today is getting the crap beat out of him because he dared say the emperor's naked. And you don't do that. (laughs) And it's a fear tactic. I said earlier, it's the same thing. It's like, let's show everybody what we do to people who get out of line. And I'll tell you, real quick, Joe, I just want to say one quick thing. What Kanye did takes giant brass balls. That guy put his ass on the line. Yeah, I'm not sure that Kanye thought it through all the way. <laughs> but that's good. <laughs> Go ahead, Zolo. Well, no, I was just saying about uh, immigration, illegal immigration. I, I, I just don't understand for the life of me why, why, why these liberals, they, they run around, you know, oh, we love, we love immigration, you know. But I don't understand how any American can look and watch illegal immigrants go in front of the White House or when they went to the Disneyland and block the entrance. These are illegal aliens that, that waved Mexican flags, had pictures of President Trump with a Hitler you know, mustache or whatever. I mean, these are illegal immigrants. How, does any, how can any American look at that and be If like, they love oh, them they, so much, they, they should, should take stay. them in their houses and shelter them. Yeah, right. that'll they never happen. They should be deported. They should all be deported. <laughs> Once you wave a Mexican flag and you're not legally in this country and you're calling our president because he's not your president, you're in this country illegally. I mean, only in America would you be able to get away with that. It, it, I don't see how any American just looks at that and is like, oh, cool, they should stay. My first thought is they should wave that Mexican flag. Let's put you right back into Mexico since you love it so much. <laughs> I mean, and here's the thing, where, where did all the leadership go to college from Mexico? They all went to Harvard and Yale. The people that are running Mexico went to college up here. Then they go back home and they beat the crap. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And they don't, you know, it's, it's kind of like what, what uh, you know, when, when Carter let everyone in from Cuba and, and Castro let all the criminals out. Right. Like yeah, here you go, <laughs> and you know, and 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 it gets and and did we want the criminals to come in? No. Do we want to take people that are struggling? Sure. Do we want to have a free for all and and we want some order and some reason? And then what comes out when you want order and reason? Oh, racist. Right. Big we don't want a Islamophobic. <laughs> exactly. Right. But the left today has got has gone so far left. That they don't even speak about defending, you know, oh, we should, you know, we could defend the border. You know, they used to say, oh, we, you know, we, we have to defend the border. They don't even say that now, a lot of liberals. They say open borders. Open borders, man. Let them all in. This is America. What do you mean let them all in? What, what are you talking about? We're, we're a country of laws. We are not Mexico. If you have, if you have no check on immigration, at, at a certain point, you're going to get overrun. I mean, it's, it, it might be a harsh thing to say, but at the end of the day, we want people to come here that love America, that learn to speak English, that aren't criminals, 
that want to assimilate. Just letting everyone in. That's the that's the, the way the new left thinks. And that, that is that is absurd and it's insane. You will lose your and, country. And it really is Zolo and it really is a you know, it's a slap in the face to all the hard working families that came here the right way and became legal citizens, you know, and with paperwork and worked their butts off to be tough to do so. I mean, it, it, you know, let's face it, you know, these people had to overcome a lot for people to become legal citizens in this country, and God bless them. But enabling illegal immigrants in sanctuary cities, what kind of message does that send them and other, you know, other people? I mean, it's just, it's disgusting and so un-American. It's so unpatriotic. And the fact that we're even having a discussion that sanctuary cities is, exist is disgraceful. I mean, in the rearview mirror, the more time passes, the more things come out. Because basically what happened when Trump won was all those people thought they could cover everything up. And when, when Hillary lost, they, I mean, all their secrets are, are vulnerable. And they're running the clock, doing everything they can to sit on those bombs so they don't come out and explode. And the same thing happens with how he manipulated the system with all this DACA stuff. This is insane. He's got these active – all these holdovers from Obama are still all over the place, and they're still pr- pr- protecting it. So, you know, they had the, the DACA program. I mean, you've got three judges that say you still have to do it. It's crazy, you know, and then you, it, it's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, you actually have a federal judge – who, who? Look, there's no way a federal judge does not look at DACA and realize it's unconstitutional. And first of all, Obama even said it was temporary. Okay, so Obama is no longer president. Obama created DACA, whatever, and it was unconstitutional. There's no debate about that. So, so, a, so a federal judge is going to say, no, the president of the United States, Trump, cannot end it. She actually says she has to allow new DACA applicants. Are you kidding me? And, that is judicial you know, tyranny. And Mike, you bring up a great point. And I, you know, I know, I know. Uh, I, I strongly believe, and I know other Mike. I know you'll want to respond to this, but I strongly believe that a lot of these judges that are making these—I mean, they're, they're absolutely absurd decisions with the Supreme Court, with what they're doing with the DACA. Like, the decisions they're making, they're, they're getting paid off by somebody. There's no way they're making these decisions logically. Well, I, you know, I don't know if it's direct cash. It's the fact that it's all a self-preservation game. They, they, they want promotions. They want to climb up. And it, it's just what we're seeing is, you know, the politicization of so many parts yeah, of the government publicity. that are not supposed to be politicized. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, and, and when I see a lot of these different headlines that are so ridiculous, you know, you think, you, you know, you think about do do a lot of these people obviously want publicity, but do they really believe what they're what they're? I mean, a, a lot of these Democrats, and I've said this a long time on my show, like what they tell their sheep, what they tell their supporters. I don't even think these Democrat politicians believe what they're saying themselves. It sounds so uh, absurd and ridiculous. Oh, it, it's it – <laughs> but, but that's the thing. 
That's a great point you brought up because I worked in industry for a long time and had nothing to do with the political machine at all. I worked in medicine. When you're in surgery or cancer diagnostics, you're buried in it. It's a full commitment. Now, I wasn't a physician, but it's an intense job, and your life's out of balance. So then everything happens with me and my battling the feds, and I go to Washington, and I realize, oh, my God, lying is normal. That this is just a game with these people. It's like they fight in court and they box in the ring and then the bell clangs and they all go out for dinner. It's true. It's 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 so true. They're all in bed together. You know, I I feel like a lot of this is just it, it's an act. It's like Hollywood. A lot of it's fake. A lot of it's pretentious. A lot of it's you know scripted. It's got They're to such a tipping point team. now, though, that they want to go. A lot of people just won't have it anymore. It's it's. It's it's gotten mean spirited, and some people won't, you know, will 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 not allow that line to be crossed of corruption, and some people will, and so there's a big internal fight, and um, people like the Democrats are much more uh, walk in line. I mean, Nancy Pelosi will come and beat yeah. the living crap out of you, and they'll drum you out. <laughs> it's tough to be a junior congressperson if you're a Democrat and have a mind of yeah. your own. You can forget it. What what. What is she on? Jesus Christ. When I look at that, she looks like a mummy. Botox. That face. That mummy. Jesus. I, it's like, oh, God. Well, Max, Maxine Waters can't even speak. Mas- I call her masculine Maxine. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. She's terrifying, man. Dude, I don't, She's I don't know. She's absolutely what, terrifying. I don't, I don't know how anybody could not look at that face and uncontrollably laugh. Maxine Waters. I don't know if don't she know takes herself seriously. Her and vote for her. How can anyone look at her and be like, that's my congresswoman? I mean, are you Well, kidding but she's me? the biggest exploitator around. I mean, she lives as, she, uh, as a very wealthy woman, and she's got a very poor crime-ridden, you know, district, and she'll say anything, and, and who are they supposed to vote for? You know, how do they know? Where's their breadth of experience? It's easy to exploit right. these people. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and Mike, you know, Mike, we've been talking about this subject, but I really want you to explain to everybody. I want to know everything about your background, man. Tell us about yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about you, man. You're the guest. I'm very happy to have you on, and I definitely want to hear a lot about, you know, what you're doing. Your all right, past, well, you know. Well, let's see. Uh, this will all be really fast, but I mean, I was born in Detroit. Take My your parents time. were Detroit. So my parents were Detroit police officers when they met. I was born in 1960, uh, and we moved out of Detroit. My dad was still a police officer, and we still moved out anyway when the riots happened. And then I uh, graduated from high school there. I went to the University of Michigan with a degree in economics. And then after I I, I got into medicine pretty quickly um, in surgical sales, and I worked in the operating room for two big device companies for about 15 years and I worked in the in surgery every morning you know getting making sure that uh, the staff and the physicians understood how to use our product the right way so I was in constant travel all over I used to live in Oregon and I moved to Atlanta I've been in Atlanta now for about 30 years and okay, then I'm originally, uh, like uh, I'm originally from uh, Seattle Washington so I, I live in Phoenix now but I I uh, it's right next to Oregon, like Washington, where I'm from. Oh, but I used to live in Portland. You know, okay, cool. And then I worked cool, at yeah. I worked at Swedish and Virginia Mason all the time in Seattle and over Lake Bellevue. All the, I mean, I was there all the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where Seattle's where I'm from, and uh, you know, uh, 
yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I know all those places. Excellent. But keep going. I'm sorry. That's all right. So uh, anyway, so then, you know, I got, uh, I, I don't know, the company got big and then the bosses got dumb. And so I left and opened my own medical laboratory. And it, and I was selling to the same surgeons. I just, instead of um, selling them devices, I got a, I uh, created a medical laboratory where they could um, where they they could send all their stuff to highly trained prostate cancer pathologists, so people that just wow. read that one type of cancer, and we had a real software solution for them. And this is like 2003, and uh, it was sort of cutting edge uh, to communicate with the database and get cancer results real fast. And we grew real aggressively, and and then 2008. Uh, and this is where my life turned upside down in one phone call. Um, I, um, I had, by this time, I, you know, I had, at the peak we had about 40 employees, and uh, we had a, a, a some guy call and say he his name was Robert Bobick, and he worked at a company called Tyversa in Pittsburgh, and he was the CEO, and he found one of our files with 9,000 patients floating out in cyberspace, and this is, you know. What's disheartening to me is this is the same type of shakedown that you see people do, uh, the government investigators do to people they want to succumb versus go in front of a judge. There's a lot of civil work, civil, civil courts where they go, you know, the cost is so much and it'll take years, so you might as well just take your lumps and move on. And then you forever feel, you know, violated. So this guy said 9,000 of our patients in cyberspace, and my staff and I were freaking out because, first of all, we didn't believe it could happen, and, and second of all, we didn't believe this guy because he wouldn't tell us anything unless we paid him. So uh, since I wouldn't pay him, he uh, he got pissed off, and he turned us over to the feds. Uh, about eight months later, we had a lot of uh, emails, and, and I wrote a book uh, called The Devil Inside the Beltway, and the, the book begins at this part where – I didn't trust him, so I made him talk, uh, communicate with us only in email because I know that people don't believe victims. They don't disbelieve them, but they're not sure when you say something bad happened to you. Uh, subconsciously, people think, okay, but it probably wasn't that bad, or you've got bias, or I don't know what else is going on. I mean, or if someone gets raped, you know, they're immediately thinking, well, what was she wearing? So because of that, I, I didn't want to have a he said, she said type of thing, and I made him put everything in an email to communicate with us, which he stupidly did, which was great, so that people could really see how he tried to, um, you know, extort us and, and, and sort of threaten us with a smile. So after I wouldn't pay him, he got frustrated, and he told us he was going to turn us over to the government. And, you know, my government investigators from my medical laboratory were fantastic because they were in medicine, and I, I just thought that meant that most of these people were fantastic. So I was naive. I was like, go ahead, turn us over to the feds like I give a damn. <laughs> and then, you know, the federal government moved so slowly a year and a half later, still acting like it's a major emergency, by the way. They're so hilarious. They act like it's a major emergency, but there's not a day off they don't miss. And they start an investigation of the company. And that went for three and a half years. And what I learned was I never encountered an agency 
There was such a bunch of liars. There were such a bunch of con artists. There were such a bunch of manipulators. You know, they, they wanted us to do all our own investigation. They wouldn't tell us anything that was wrong. They, they seemed like they had it all planned ahead because they did. And I, I was so shocked by that what they were doing was legal. I thought, this cannot possibly be legal. I mean, I, they won't tell me what I've done wrong. They're saying I could be guilty of something because something might have might might happen, but it didn't happen. You know, they, they can ruin my company's reputation. And it was it, it was it, it's so hard to believe that they can do this. And so um, I I decided to cooperate as much as I could. And I learned a lot of the government lawyers or former government lawyers that work in big law firms. You know, they're they don't really defend you. Uh, there's these people. I'm telling you, so many people that are bureaucrats in the government are such practiced deceptors. They're phenomenal at lying and deception. They have years of experience. It is the culture. It is okay. It is. It's a scary animal, and there's a lot of them in Washington. And so I'm witnessing this thing that I've never seen before because I work in medicine where people actually care about the patients. I mean, it, medicine's not perfect, but you see tons of people that care about other people, and they certainly don't lie, <laughs> you know, and, so, and in traps. So I was so shocked when I found out this was legal, and that's where I, so I started to write the book because I thought, well, there's no way these nutbags are going to let me go. And they wanted so the only way they'd let me off the hook is if I signed a consent decree. And, and, and this is the game the government plays. It's like you don't have a trial, you don't have an opportunity to say to find out what you did wrong or right. They just want you to sign a contract saying that you get to, you know, be you have to submit to you know audits every two years at their expense, and they'll go away. But you have to do it for two decades. Well, these people are so disgusting and repugnant to me that I refused. But I also refused because while I certainly have, you know, pinched my nose and taken it before uh, because it's a smarter business decision and life isn't fair type thing, uh, if, if I did just write and sign their contract to make them go away, they put a big press release out and people are just so dumb. <laughs> you know, they just, they just, they'll believe what's in the press. They'll believe what the FTC will say. And buried in the fine print uh, will be that we admit, we do not admit to any wrongdoing. And no one will believe that because who's, who allows the government to audit them for 20 years? So that's a long version of we were dead if we cooperated and dead if we didn't cooperate. But if we cooperated, then everyone would think, well, you did something wrong. And because I was a company that diagnosed cancer, it wasn't like a dress shop. You know, like Target has a breach. People still go to Target. You know, y y your laboratory loses cancer results. Doctors stop using you. So this is what the government couldn't figure out, that I was in a, a, a no-win situation, so I decided to fight. And so I, um, I fought. And uh, I wrote the book, and when the book came out, they went insane. And they said the, – the, the, my website went up, my author website went up. They went to my website 75 times within 72 hours. They said they're going to sue me. They filed suit a few weeks later. Uh, the book wasn't even out yet. 
Tyversa, uh, who took my stuff, uh, count, uh, sued me five days after that for defamation. And I discovered, and this is where it sounds like conspiracy theory, I discovered that Homeland Security had given $24 million to Dartmouth to look for medical files that were leaked out in cyberspace by companies in healthcare, and they were using Tyversa, the guy that was calling and extorting me. And I found out Wesley Clark was on his advisory board and Howard Schmidt. And it was pretty unbelievable. It, it was like, oh, my God, they're all in together. This guy, this con artist, is working with the feds. Then I see him testifying in front of Congress, and I see he's taken the file that he took from me, and he's got it in the congressional record. Now, this is the point where my lawyers finally started to believe me, because the other thing I learned about lawyers is they don't believe their clients. They don't worry about believing their clients because they don't think they need to believe their clients. All they're doing is arguing, and it's not real to them. But they're right. smart enough to never tell their clients they don't believe them. <laughs> so so when this guy shows up, you know, they're all like, oh, my God, you're right. So turns out these guys were um, making money um, taking files. And um, they were accusing me of leaving all my stuff open because I had LimeWire on one workstation and one of my employees' workstations. They're saying because of that, I was totally liable for all this. Because of so LimeWire? So you with me so far? Yeah, because of okay. LimeWire? Yeah, right. And the hilarious so keep in mind, this is 2008, right? And, and so this is when this goes on in eight. And by, by the time I'm fighting with the FTC and not signing their contract, my book comes out in 13. So I write the book, comes out. I learned all this stuff. The press starts reporting. You know, people think I'm a bad guy. I'm telling you, the whole world, and this is not like today. Like when you said, this is 9,000 patients, right? And everyone's freaking out. Like today, you know, companies lose 150 million patients, and everyone doesn't even blink an eye. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, but, and plus, we didn't have any victims, and my IT staff be believed it was a big lie. We thought he came in and stole it, and that's it. And he's working with the feds, and it hasn't gone anywhere because we had no evidence of it being out. We had no victims. We thought this is a big shakedown racket, and these guys are working with the feds. Now, that sounds crazy, and people just don't believe you if you say that. They think you're crazy. I wouldn't believe me, <laughs> so I knew this was terrible. But then in early, in early 14, a whistleblower called. And he called me up and he said, I'm the guy that stole your stuff. I took it. And um, what we do is we were working with the FBI. And, and we, got, we take, um, we, we were doing child porn work, and it's legitimate. But while we're doing child porn work, those child pornographers were copying all the metadata. And, uh, we, and then... When we're off not working, we use that FBI software, and we go into companies, and I broke into your company with the FBI software, and I stole your file. And uh, he didn't tell, I didn't know about the FBI stuff for a couple of years. I just knew it was general software for a while, for a long time. So um, 
You know, this again freaks out everybody. I go to Congress because he was, these guys were testifying with Congress a couple years before. I tell Congressman Issa, he jumps in, he starts an investigation. Now it's like a dang movie. You know, and so I'm in a congressional investigation. I have to keep my mouth shut. Then I testify in front of Congress, and um, I'm on trial in the FTC's court. And people don't understand that these agencies have their little trials because they're called hearings. So lawyers, so lawyers think that a trial and a hearing are two different things because you're in a courtroom with a judge and and two tables, and they think it's different because they're all liars. <laughs> so, but um, so I'm in there, and the case gets stayed because the whistleblower comes in and pleads the fifth. So now of the course. case is stayed. And then, of course, the media. You think the media is paying attention? Oh, hell no. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because we don't have investigative reporters anymore. We have investigators that are broke, or we have big media that's controlled by big, big politics. Oh, yeah. So no one wants to report a story about this. And so I write that book. And this pissed a lot of people off than I ever would have imagined. Kind of like a mini, mini, mini Kanye West reaction. <laughs> so, I mean, it is amazing to me the number of people that think they're, like, saving the world as they persecute people that, that speak up. <laughs> you know, I mean, at least the Russians are honest that they're crooks, but I don't know. Anyway, so, so um, now – uh, the case has stayed. We have hearings. And that's when I – and the book is out, right? So you buy my book today. My book ends when the government sued me. I had no idea it was coming because of the book. And the selfish plug is that it's the devil inside the beltway, and it's at Amazon, an audiobook, ebook, hardcover, and softcover, the devil inside the beltway. And uh, it's written like a novel. And so then uh, I go and uh, we have we – ha- we have – uh, a lot of investigation. Everyone's kind of run the other way. And then I witnessed the politics in Congress. I'm like right there watching Senator Rockefeller, who's a lame duck Democrat SOB, in, in, intervene and stick his nose in. And Elijah Cummings ignore hard drives that are cr- criminal. I mean, we had – this didn't just happen to me. It happened to a lot of companies, and these guys were doing a lot of bad stuff, and the hard drives were turned over. And what was shocking to me is here's this whistleblower who wants criminal immunity, and he's going to talk about all this stuff that exposes you know, corruption in the government, and these congressmen don't want to know. That was yeah, shocking. That, 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 that says it all, really. It says it all. And, and, and guess who it was? Elijah it was the Democrats, right? Of course. But it was also John Boehner. Oh, it was also Jason Chaffetz. John it wasn't just Democrats. One. It's establishment Republicans. I can't, I can't stand that guy, John Republicans Biden. are the same as Democrats. They're on the same team, man. Lindsey Graham, John McCain, Jeff Blake. They're not conservatives. They're establishment Republicans, and they, they, they are partnered up with the left. There's no two ways about it. All yep. they do is whistle past the graveyard. 
whistle past the graveyard. And I said, and except for until except when Daryl Issa was there. And here's what it takes: takes him like Daryl Issa. Well, how many Daryl Issas are there? Right? He's he's uh, what first second generation American. He's worth almost he's worth half a billion dollars. He's a business guy. He's in Congress, and he's running oversight. And he's telling Boehner to go F himself, and he's doing the right thing. Before ISA and after ISA, the House Oversight Committee is the House Cover-Up Committee. They don't do anything. They do theater. You know, they put little hearing shows on to delude the public that they're actually doing something. They're doing a damn thing, except when he was there. I mean, look at all the investigations into Benghazi, and nothing ever went. Up, nothing ever happened. And, 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 and you want to know why nothing happened? Because for a century, all the Congresses would build immunities. They'd award immunity. All these people that work in the bureaucracy, they have criminal immunity. When they go after someone, they are immediately immunized. They have sovereign immunity. So they can break okay. the law trying to enforce the law, and they know to keep that secret. So when um, someone like ISA comes along and start raising hell, we're so ignorant about the American legal system and the judicial system and, the, and, the, and this entire government operation, we don't get that he can't, these, these people are not being held accountable, not because of him, but because the, all the Congress of the past and almost all those people are dead and buried, you know, give these people examples. And the excuse is always the same. Well, we have to – we can't do our jobs and protect the public if, if our people are constantly at the threat of being sued. I mean, it's, it's such a joke. And they'll say that to you with a straight face. So, you know, what goes on after that then is, you know, we can't get criminal immunity for the guy because the Democrats won't allow a vote. And to, for the committee to give criminal immunity to someone, they have to have a two-thirds vote. So they think they've won, and all they do is wait for ISA to have to step down because he was term limited, and it was his third term being chairman. So they just played the game and circled confused and waited till everything, and you know, and, and the Democrats are freaking out at Republican leadership. Republican leadership is threatening ISA. It's just a friggin' mess. It's such a mess. ISA is such an unsung hero, you guys. He is probably the biggest unsung hero in the country because none of this stuff would have happened if it had been for him. Benghazi, Fast and Furious, IRS, if it wasn't for him, wouldn't happen. And and they'll make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, I mean, there's no – and so what did Boehner put in after ISA? Mr., you know, Pinocchio puppet Jason Chaffetz, who's now is a Fox News pundit, which is still way above his capability and pay grade. Because he sits there to go along to get along. And that's what they wanted, because that will keep the Democrats calm. And then so the Daniel theater Issa can continue. Guy, huh? huh? Issa is a good guy. I, I always thought Issa's he was good, friggin but awesome. I tell sometimes. Well, Issa's, because Issa's just not one of them. You know, he just, he just isn't. And, but he's in California. And, you know, there's only so much you can do, because California is, like, going to fall in the ocean when there's, you know, because when it's nothing but stupid people making it break off. I mean, it's just these people don't get it. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, um, Jason Chaffetz, he, he, I mean, this guy, whenever the TV He's cameras are on. Cat. 
he was acting like, oh, we're going to get Hillary Clinton. We're going to get Obama and Hillary for, for Benghazi, Eric Holder for He's all such a big stuff. liar. No backbone. He he's got no backbone. He's an idiot. And now he sits on Fox News like he's Mr. Big Shot. Like, well, he said, way, I, like, my, yeah. my friends called me up like a week or two ago and said, did you see him on Fox and Friends this morning? And he said he could never get anything done as chairman. I'm like, well, no shit. Of course, he blames other people. Jesus. He couldn't get anything done because he got the job because he would. He said he'd get nothing done. It's all theater. Yeah, yeah it is. Just like I said, it's a Hollywood script. Um, you know, I really, you know what I really want to get into, Michael. Go ahead, Dolo. You have something to say? Yeah, I was just asking uh, Mike what his thoughts on Trey Gowdy. What does he think of Trey Gowdy? Well, I think Trey's got one foot out the door, so Trey's just trudging along, and he's focusing on what he can focus on on judiciary and the big stuff, and then he's out of there. Because Perfect. Trey Gowdy, well, I have to say, <laughs> Trey and Jason Chavitz are very good you know, friends. He goes back and forth. He's, you know, yeah. quick no, I- look, I don't know him that well. I've seen him quite yeah. often. Um, he and Chavitz yeah. actually had breakfast all the time together. And I, I find that strange. I mean, he's been a yeah. disappointment to me on, on the, on the overseas, but he yeah. knows he's out the door. Yeah. I've heard he's going to be out the door a long time. You know, the thing that people, the people don't know this is every time uh, a two-year Congress uh, term ends, the investigations can stop. So my investigation, once ISA left and Chaffetz came in, Chaffetz stopped it. It happens a lot. And so Gowdy... Uh-huh. The guy, and, and the public doesn't know this. There's all these trap doors that are put in. I mean, look at the game they're playing, not having, you know, Schumer's not getting people appointed. They're just, this is the games these people play. They, it is vicious human crushing, you know, and, and, and people that will do this stay in office because people in New York are as dumb as they are in California. That's and the right. same thing happens with, you know, with, uh, with what goes on with with Gowdy knows anything is going to start, they're not going to do it. So I, I think he's just trying to. But I also think this is just my opinion of Gowdy, because he's such an investigator. He's such a law and order guy. He's such a, that that is like it, it is for someone that has moral outrage like Trey Gowdy. One can only take the stench of Congress so long. Yeah. It is yeah. tough to be one out of four hundred. It's tough to yeah. be a congressman. It's tough. Because people expect results, and it's built not to get results. And then you're surrounded by a lot of people that know how to fleece and play the system. So, you know, you're in the minority if you really want to get something done. And then if you don't care because you're so damn rich and you kind of get the position, then you go crazy like Daryl Issa, look what they do to him. You know, where's the big thank you note for him? You know, he he really is an American hero. I think Daryl Issa is an American hero, and I think he's an unsung hero. But, you know, look what, look what they do. It's the same thing with Kanye, man. I'm telling you, you stand up and out come the guns. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. But, so, anyway, I'm sorry. What else are you going to ask me? We have a lot to talk about. Um, I want to get into the Comey thing a little bit because I have some tapes I want to play. I have a couple of clips. Uh, I want to get some feedback. And there's some, I mean, this guy's, this guy's all over the place. But uh, real quick. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great news to announce that Mike Pompeo was officially confirmed oh, yeah. today. 
So that's that's something to be, uh, celebrate because that guy is amazing for the job. One hell of a bra- background, you know, went to West Point, Harvard Law School. I mean, he's had a great resume in the government. This is going to be a good. It's going to be good. Yeah, Pompeo. I mean, he's, you know, it's and we interesting. saw in real quick, real quick. There were pictures leaked uh, today that he was in fact visiting with Kim Jong Un over Easter weekend, and they were shaking hands. And it was one of the most cool. It was surreal, man. I saw these photos, and I'm like, holy shit, Kim Jong Un with Mike Pompeo. But oh, I can only, you know what? I can't wait for on national TV when Trump and Kim Jong-un shake hands. Oh, my God, when they meet each other. But go ahead, what you were saying about Pompeo. No, I mean, I just it's the same. it's the same thing. I mean, he's, he's sharp. He gets it. Uh, he knows the reality. He knows the reality of, of what goes on in Washington, and he's smart. And, you know, most of the time, people don't know the reality. And so they're not prepared. So when they get up there, you look about the number of Congress people that only even stay and leave after a couple. I mean, there's 30 of them leaving this year. It's it's just, you know, especially your Republicans, which tend to be more people that are entrepreneurial, business oriented, results oriented, goal oriented. You can't be in these bureaucracies if you're results and goal oriented. You'll have a stroke. And so <laughs> it's it, it's hard with the turnover. Pompeo. Gets it, has respected, has the brain power. He's a good package. Um, and he wasn't a big name in the public, but in Congress he's very, very much admired. So, you know, I'm excited by that. And I like how, you know, he, he's not just ignores these idiots behind the curtain, you and know. And, and I, I cracked up that he bought, went there. He's not, and he's not owned or bought, which is great. He you know, he can do everything honestly, honest, thorough investigations, you know, and, you know, with, secret, with with his position, you know, he's not in a situation where he would do anything crooked. Like, I didn't trust Rex Tillerson at all. I thought there were a lot of flaws with Rex Tillerson. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> when you're not of the Washington machine, machine it, you're going to be kind of have a bumpy road your first year's president, and Donald Trump ain't no exception. And he had a lot of – he had a big, long learning curve. But people have a long yep. learning curve if they don't work for a, a corporate guy or an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs tend to be baked yep. in the cake of this is my boat, not yours, my way or yep. the highway, are there any questions? That yeah, is not how job. Washington rolls. And that's not how big, big mega corporate executives – I mean, the people in the mega corporations – usually are masters of keeping their head down, mind their own business, you know, not rocking boats. So, you know, and, and then having a lot of clout uh, and, and, you know, and tons of cash. So it doesn't surprise me that that was what happened because people seem to, you know, because they think, because Trump is such a unique personality and he can be, they can, you know, he can be annoying, he can be cocky, he can be narcissistic, he can be all these things that people don't like, he, and that to them isn't presidential, isn't professional. They they make the mistake thinking he's dumb. <laughs> and then, he's a, and then this, he, he will absolutely remind you who the boss is, and he won't forget, and you won't be there long. And so it's, it's interesting, you know, you, you just – 
And that's how a lot of people that run businesses are. They, it's like this is not a government outfit. This is an organization. There can only be one leader. I'm it. But this is also not a prison. You don't have to be here. And you're more than welcome to leave. And if you choose not to stay, not to leave, and I want you, you're gone. I mean, that's, you know, so that that's that. And 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 I think people have settled in more now. You know, I think uh, it's good. Yeah. Especially with what well, he's putting up with. My God. Well, yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell you though, um, with Trump, I just don't understand how the left keeps underestimating him. They 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 truly, I think some of them truly believe that he's like a moron. He really is a genius. If you like, well, if they, you they, watch they, Trump. You can tell he strategizes. Terrified of him. Yeah, but that's because he's from Queens, New York, and he's known. He's had he has he's had way more practice with con artist BSers. I mean, this is the thing I say. Right. It's like you know what you can you can get you can turn in the morality police all you want, except I guarantee you, you were not the morality police till he won. And so it undermines your position. So everyone that suddenly – I mean these people – I said, here's the thing. The American public isn't stupid. They know every, everything he's done bad. But here's the – it was a choice. Do you think the Clinton machine hasn't done worse? I mean, you know, he's the worst liar. At least you know – you know, <laughs> you know this is what people – they, they scream him like he's so bad. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. He'll tell you to go and, jump and, in a lake. And here, here's an, another amazing thing. A new report out today. We have the lowest unemployment rate since 1969. Again, let me, let me say that for all the audience. Lowest unemployment since 1969. Let that sink in for a second. What other president could have ever got, gotten that? No president can do what Trump has done. Trump has done more in one year than any president in history. We have black unemployment at an all-time low. I mean, this is unreal. But notice, but but note, but but pay attention to the silence on that, right? I mean, we've got the we've got the James Comey lying tour going on. Yeah, if it was Obama, they would be putting it on every station. They'd be, oh, my God, Obama did all this. Obama did all this. But Trump, crickets, crickets, crickets. And matter of fact, I'm glad you bring up James Comey because I want to play a bunch of tapes because this guy is so full. I mean, there's, some, there's a new interview out with him today, and this guy is an absolute – I mean, you talk about phonies of the phoniest. I mean, this guy is a, such a chump. Um I do, I do want to play this real quick, though. Right. And re- real quick, before I play this clip, I want to say how angry I am, uh, you know, with how the media treated Ronnie Jackson. He withdrew from his veteran affairs uh, uh, position nominee today uh, because of all the backlash, and there were a lot of fake stories that came out about him. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. Yeah, I like don't need that crap. Sorry. No, I said, who needs that crap? That's another way they shake off good people. Yeah, it's all intimidation. I, I know. And, and, and it's, go ahead, go ahead, Zolo, real quick, and then I'll play the tape. I, I just, you know, the left, you know, you have, every day you think they can't go any lower, but they do. I mean, Ronnie Jackson. I mean, I'm reading stories from, um, I don't know, Washington Post, and I don't, you know, the Washington Post is out of its mind. 
but they're saying like he's had these drinking problems. Give me a break. This guy is a great guy. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that Ronnie Jackson would have been a great BA. And the way they treated him is just disgusting. I cannot stand these people. Oh, and they're still and, and why are the Democrats still silent on the highest ranking openly gay nominee? Uh, you, you hear about that, the guy for Germany, for ambassador, I believe it's ambassador for Germany, but the Democrats are silent about it. And he's, he's a, a openly gay Republican nominee, and Trump wants to put him in there. But the Democrats, imagine if it was a gay Democrat. They'd be all over it. Doesn't match the agenda. But go ahead and well, answer Zolo's thing. The, go ahead. No, I just want to say real quick, Richard Grinnell, yeah. the guy you're talking about, uh, Trump yeah. nominated to be uh, ambassador to Germany. Cory Booker, yeah. okay, did not vote oh, for Jesus, Mike Pompeo. Listen, listen to this. Cory Booker did not vote for Mike Pompeo because he's for traditional marriage and he doesn't like gay sex, apparently. But he also didn't vote for Richard Grinnell, who is an openly gay man. So I think it's safe to say that Cory Booker is just full of shit. Or maybe Cory Booker <laughs> likes gay sex. We never know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Have you ever seen the way he walks? <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, but I want to get I want to get to something real quick. This is really important. Uh, there was a poll that came out today that shows majority of Americans side with Trump over the Mueller probe. I mean, that's a given, obviously. Um, you know, this whole Mueller thing, apparently Rudy Giuliani has spoken with Mueller and plans to have this thing diminished and gone within about a week or so because Giuliani and Mueller go back 30, 40 years. Well, how the hell do we get out of this stupid thing? It's like saving skins. It's ridiculous. But if Giuliani pulls this off, Giuliani should be given a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> and if he can it's pull that off, if he can actually, if he can close that investigation by just talking to Mueller and negotiating, can you imagine how much credit Giuliani will get? I mean, no, no, Attorney I'm, General. I said from day one, put Giuliani as Attorney General. He'll prosecute the hell out of everyone. The guy's ruthless. And the guy is the exact same mentality, personality as our president, a tough New Yorker, exactly what we need. <laughs> a, a tough New Yorker that's not a, a Democrat like that loon they have for mayor. Okay, so what are you going to play? I got to roll in like 10 minutes. I got to be in a court hearing in the morning. So what are you going to play? Okay, so what, what I really want to talk to you about real quick I'm going to play this Comey interview real quick. And he's just so full of crap. You got, you got to hear this. Um, I, here it goes. Uh, one, three. Uh, since your firing, have you met with former CIA Director John Brennan? Yes, once, I think. And uh, former National Intelligence Director Jim Clapper? Yep, saw him the night before last, I think. 
together? No, no, no. Oh, actually, I had dinner with the two of them together and our spouses. You talked Trump case? or No, uh, no we did not. All right. We After your hand-picked deputy, uh, Andrew McCabe, was fired, you tweeted this. You said, Special Agent McCabe stood tall over the last eight months when small people were trying to tear down an institution we all depend on. He served with distinction for two decades. I wish Andy well. I also wish continued strength for the rest of the FBI. America needs you. You know, the Inspector General found that McCabe lied four times, three of them under oath. Uh, Kimberly Strassel from the Wall Street Journal tweeted a lot of possible questions for you, but here's one. Please discuss Andrew McCabe and the IG report that finds he lied repeatedly, both to you and about you. Do you still believe he stood tall, as you tweeted in January, or is he one of the small people helping to tear down an institution? Yeah, I still believe he stood tall. He represented himself under and the organization under tremendous stress during that period after I was fired. But I read the IG report, as you did. It concluded that Andy had not been candid. This is what accountability looks like in the Should Justice Department. Should he be Department. prosecuted? That's not for me to say. I, well, wait, you said it in the Clinton case. Well, I was then Jesus. the director of the FBI. Which I'm a, I'm a was not your citizen. role at that Private moment. citizens should not be calling for the prosecution of people in a case they're not involved in. But I do believe, as it routinely happens, the IG will likely refer it or has referred it to a U.S. Attorney's Office to look at it. So did you... Uh, you see the disparity here where people look at how the Clinton case was handled and how the Trump case is handled. Did you tell lawmakers I don't, I don't see disparity. Did you though. tell lawmakers that FBI agents didn't believe former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn was lying intentionally to investigators? No. You did and, not. And I that. saw that in the media. I don't know what maybe someone misunderstood Jeez. something I said. I didn't believe that and didn't say that. About the controversial text messages, we just received a lot more up on Capitol Hill today. If you knew back then when you were in charge of the investigation and you saw those texts between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, the level of animus they had against President Trump, what would you have done? I'd have removed both of them from any contact with significant investigations. So shouldn't there work including, including those involving yeah, right. anybody connected to President Trump, but beyond that? Because so it's just shouldn't such their poor work judgment. product then be questioned? Sure, it's a reasonable question okay, to ask. So they Peter were bad-mouthing Strzok, everybody, including pre the candidate Trump. Which so is Peter Strzok interviews Hillary Clinton, okay. deals with the, the bleach bit and the server and Cheryl Mills, all of that, interviews Michael Flynn, and is integral in this whole case. But he's one of many other people involved in all the things you just ticked off. It's a reasonable question to ask, and I can tell you this. When I saw the, the text, I was deeply disappointed in them. But I never saw any bias, any reflection of any kind of animus towards anybody, including me. I'm sure I'm bad-mouthing those texts. I'm just not going to read them all. Never saw it. But that's why we had such a big team of people well, you were in charge. to bang on each other. So the buck stops with of you. Of course. Okay. Of course. I'm Jonathan tweeted in, what was the insurance policy Deputy Director McCabe, Strzok, and Page were discussing in his office? I have no idea. Any clue? The problem I had reading the text, I'm sure you've had the same challenges. If anybody pulled any of your listeners' texts or viewers' texts and there's no context, it's hard to figure out what they're talking about. So I There's don't, a lot of text. There's I, a lot of context with oh, those guys. Wow. Well, the ones I've looked at, I've this had a hard time figuring out. This morning, the president also said this on Fox & Friends. You look at the corruption at the top of the FBI, it's a disgrace. And our Justice Department, which I try and stay away from, but at some point, I won't. <laughs> what do you think he meant there? I don't know. I, I hope he didn't mean that he's going to decide by executive fiat to direct the actions of what is supposed to be an impartial law enforcement function. L Lady Justice has a blindfold. It should stay on. Did the in <laughs> Inspector General interview you about your handling of the memos? Sure, yeah. 
Has. Has. Has already. And I expect a report from them, not on the handling of classified information, because that's frivolous, but on did I comply with policy? Did I comply with my employment agreement? You said you didn't leave, but there's a New York Times story in April 2017 that first reported the Lynch email. You didn't write about it here in this book because you said it's classified. The New York Times wrote a lot about it. Did the FBI Public Affairs coordinate that story? Not to my knowledge, and I'm not going to comment on these stories because I'm not allowed to confirm or deny classified information. All right, in the infamous Oval Office meeting behind, with President Trump, when you asked you to stay behind one-on-one, -on -one, you write in the book that um, you felt awkward. You, you didn't like it. Correct. You had been one-on-one -on -one with President Obama in the Oval Office. Correct. Um, but this was different. Yeah, because he booted out the Attorney General of the United States who was lingering trying to stay. As opposed to the presidential photographer who President Obama boots out. Sure. Okay, so you say you didn't push back when he said he hoped you could see your way clear of letting Flynn go, that he was a good guy, hope you can let it go. You said you didn't push back and that he should have known that he couldn't do that. All right, so let's assume that's, that's true, that he should have known that. Is it possible there was another reason why you didn't push back, and that is that you wanted to keep your job? It's possible, but it's not the case. At least I don't remember thinking about that at the time. You told CNN last night that you didn't think you'd be fired, that you know, had you not been fired, you would still be working as FBI director tonight. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, that was my intention, to serve another six years. So despite the fact that now you say that this president is morally unfit, that you say impeachment um, is too good of a remedy on the book That's tour. I said. I said, in a way, I hope not, because I think the voters need to speak. Exactly. And on the media tour and the blitz, you basically are encouraging voters to vote Trump out of office because he doesn't line up with your values. I'm asking them to vote their values and what I believe your, your viewers would agree are America's values. Okay. And, but as of tonight, had you not been fired, you'd still be working for this guy that you say is like a crime boss who is morally unfit, who you just don't agree with on principle and values. You'd still have that job tonight. Absolutely. Be protect and my goal would be to protect the FBI and serve the President of the United States. So when you say I respect that office tremendously. When you say to Republicans, why do you work with this President and then sit there and say you would still have this job tonight, isn't there a disconnect there? No, because elected officials in Congress have a public platform and are responsible for communicating with the voters in a way the FBI director is not. My job would be to protect the independence of the institution. Their job should be to represent the people who elected them. Mr. Comey, uh, the book, Higher Loyalty, has been very successful. We appreciate your time, traffic. And can you believe this guy? I can, because I'll tell you, here's what's scary, okay? That sounded like English. Okay, that's that's lawyer, and that's FBI, and and... Note how good he is. He's so well. These people are good. Calm and collected. I mean, it's chilling. I remember Barbara Walters, like 30 years ago, asked, and Anwar Sadat had just been assassinated, and might have been a year or two after. But I, will, I don't know why. I will never forget this. She had interviewed leaders all over the world, and she said, and the the question to her was, what is the most common trait among the best leaders in the world. And she said they're the best liars. And, you know, so I mean, true. this guy, I think it's a combination of extreme narcissism. It is, um, he, he knows how to get out. Um, and also, this is all talk, okay? He knows how the human brain works, how short attention span we have. 
uh, how people are going to protect their own bias. Uh, you, you, I mean, I'm telling you, what's what I've learned since Romney lost is that there people that are especially on the left, they they put their ideas first, and they and then they select whatever it takes to protect them. Now, you know, and th but the cross the tipping point is crime, and this is what maybe it's because I was raised by police officers and I believe the civics book and maybe I'm the dumb one, but I really didn't think people would twist crime like a pretzel, like, like any other type of media discussion, but they do. Yeah. And that's yeah, how you keep the American people kind of confused. So, so true. Zolo, go ahead. You had something to say. Uh, I'll tell you this right now. James Comey is, I, I, I don't know if he's like, I mean, the guy's obviously not stupid, but do you notice how many times he says, I don't know, or I can't recall? Give me a break. Or, that's right, or at least I don't remember. Yeah, right. yeah. This guy okay, because he's, he's a narcissistic guy. Okay, he's Absolutely. six foot eight. You know, he's he's good looking. Uh, he's got power. Uh, he is a narcissist. And the way his brain's wired, he's believable because narcissists believe that crap. And this is the right. part that we get confused about for the people that aren't like that. And, you know, and in Washington, it's such a repeat culture of of just – I'm, I'm telling you, it's just a different world where lying is normal. I mean, did you hear what he said who he went to dinner with? You know, right. and he and their wives went to dinner, Clapper, to, yeah, last night, the night before? They all just went to dinner. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. They it, all it, just it, went it. out for dinner to have a good old time. Yeah, he almost forgot that, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, no, of course, didn't bring anything up. I mean, give me. I mean, it's like it's like I'm telling you, it's the Sopranos go to Washington. It's gangsterism. <laughs> Look, the rules are not that different, folks. <laughs> but when I listen to this guy speak, when I listen go to his speak, I, I just feel like he's—he literally. I don't think he told one truth in, his, in that whole interview. I mean, everything is, oh, well, I don't know. I don't recall. Oh, you don't recall if you, thought, if you thought about getting fired by the President of the United States. You didn't, you didn't think of that. You don't remember analyzing in your head, wait, am I going to get fired? Of course you thought about it, you, you liar. James Comey is working with the deep state, and he is a puppet, and he is trying to bring down this president. And by the way, the more he goes on these TV shows and talks about how morally unfit President Trump is and how he mocks his hand size and his, and his pies, he's just proving that President Trump should have fired his ass the first day he was in office. How can you have an FBI director working below you who despises you because he despises the president? Well, also, did you pick up that line about, oh, it's Congress's job? To, to support the people that elected him, but yes. them, but not him. That is, that is big. 
I mean, yeah. I just, I just find yeah. because yeah. that see, see the, see the their conscience that they don't have is completely clean. There is no, and I, right. remember, remember that Aliens movie when, when Sigourney Weaver found out the guy was an artificial human, and he, and he, and and they said, oh, you admire the alien? She goes, I admire its purity. You know, not, yeah. not. Um, not, 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 was it not, not obstructed by conscience or morality or delusions of morality? I mean, that's, that's what right. you saw there. I mean, that was just smooth ice. Right. And the arrogance of him to step so far off the beam. And then if he gets away with it, he will embolden more people. Right. And I really believe that, I mean, James Comey is an evil guy. I mean, the way he's so calm, he's so like, oh, I'm untouchable. I hope this guy goes to jail. I really do. But he's really just, smooth, and he's really good, and he is he is a reflection. He is not oh, a he fluke. Really is. He, he's, he's a leader of a pack. And I'll tell you, um, I think it, on, on the one side, it's great that he is dumb enough to parade himself around so the public can just see it for their own. It's like it's like Dracula walking around during the daytime, uh, and that's important because usually they don't. Usually they don't do that. Now the the question will be though, is he going to get in trouble or not? Because what's missing in Washington for decades is accountability. The new part would be holding them accountable and the new part is the public seeing that there's no accountability but that's been the biggest shock you know when when daryl isa had lois lerner up there and then you know one after another and nothing happened to those people they were all mad at him because he thought they were letting him off the hook but he couldn't get them that's why they knew they were the way they were but when you keep the whole public asleep and uneducated we're way behind the game so, you know, to me, Comey's just a mocking son of a bitch. And the way he did yeah. that, that comment, you know, oh, no, I'm fine. I can, certainly I can work for a president that I – I mean, that's what he's saying. I can work for a president I hate, that I think is morally unfit. Of course I would have stayed because I have so much respect for the institution that I would have stayed right. working for someone that I hate to the core who I think is mentally unfit because I'm superior. And since I'm not elected, I don't have to worry about obligation. I mean, it's just – see, that's the problem with agencies. Yeah. And, and Congress – and elitist well, prick. he's got no accountability. Who holds him accountable? Yeah, exactly. I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to work in Washington and get that type of gig? I mean, That's you're around true. these other arrogant bastards. You, you know, you all cover for each other. You all whistle past the graveyard, and it's a lifetime thing. And you dare not break that code, or you're out. Well, I saw him on uh, CNN at the town hall, and he told Anderson Cooper. There is no deep, deep state. Believe me, I've been FBI director. There's no deep state. Yeah, right. uh, are you are you trying to tell me there is not an establishment, a group of people, uh, high in power that are trying to remove this duly elected president? Because if you're telling me that, you're a psychopath. Well, look, these people just again. It's all talk. It's almost like you have to put cotton in your ears and watch what they do over time. And that means you have to stop paying attention to your own life. And, but but the, the people don't want the deep state defined. But really, to me, the deep state is the entire network of unelected power. 
Right. And that's a deep state, and they're not accountable. And it's not just in Washington. I mean, it's all who's connected to it. And if you want to see – I mean, to me, the stain on the deep state to make it stand out is everyone that's freaking out from Trump winning. And that would be, obviously, the media and the bureaucracy and the judicial system. Yeah. You know, that is – the and, 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 and the left in Congress. Look, I mean, look at – Look at Maxine Waters. She's a clown. <laughs> She's an absolute clown. You know, it's just crazy. Trump called her low IQ. <laughs> she is. Anyway, yeah, all right, so, my friends. Real, real quick, real quick before we before we let you go, I want you to you know elaborate on you know you're a cybersecurity expert. You know you know a lot about the secrets and stuff that goes on. You know, we'd love, like, some of the stuff we'd love to hear about. I mean, you, you know a lot of what's going on with national security, cybersecurity. Well, I'm a more of a regulatory expert on that stuff more than a technical trained guy uh, because I'm not. I come from, in my degrees in economics, and I, you know, and then I worked in medicine and surgery and cancer diagnostics. So I, I in the specific technical side, I, I, I'm more of a regulatory um policy person cuz that that's where I where where I where I swing and that's where my background is because I had to go I had to go battle it myself um so you know knowing what's going on at the CIA NSA in a specific way that ain't me general discussions about why insider threats are such a big deal why we're only as good as our weakest link. I mean, to me, the biggest problem that's going on in Washington right now, which is what's going to smack them, is that science and technology don't give a damn who you are. You can't politicize it. So we've had, every year, we've had more data loss since 2000 than the year before, straight to this year. So how are these bureaucrats working for us? They're not, because there's a culture of, politics and seniority and no accountability it's not a culture of job performance based on knowledge it is a it's a culture in washington that's very deeply embedded so if you come in as a presidential appointee they'll play you and they'll wait you out just like schumer's trying to wait out the uh the obama presidency by not appointing anyone for ages i mean that's how he's trying it up I mean, it's it's a war it's a survival war, and we'll pay the price because all those people that are screwing up cybersecurity um, are in there, and 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 cybersecurity is not going to cooperate with them, and we're going to be more vulnerable because I said it's like there's a cyber war. We're on the battlefield. Here comes the American plane. It's a big, fat, wide body. It lands. The tail opens up. The ramp comes out, and here come soldiers. No. Here come lawyers in briefcases. Perfect. Now, you know, and guess what? You're dead. And that's why it's such a mess. And that's why they screwed up medicine as well. I mean, they've screwed up medicine. And, 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 and Congress will screw up medicine because they figured out how they can play that to get votes. You know, but they don't know how they can play. They don't know how they can play the, uh, the, the whole technology thing, which – you know, you saw with the Zuckerberg questions. I mean, holy cow, oh. how embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. I just look at, I'm like, we're so fucked. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what I said when they announced Obama won the first time. I just grabbed the remote and go, "Oh, we're so fucked." And then when I saw that Zuckerberg thing, I'm like, "These people are they, they don't they don't want to be here. Right. They're only there because Cambridge Analytica figured, you know, and Facebook." wasn't paying attention and allowed the data that they love to exploit, you know, they, they allowed Trump to get it and turn it on him because Hillary's such an idiot, you know, and so now they're hysterical, and so now they have to act. And so, you know, they all get donations from Facebook. It's a joke. Of course. And, right. and so, totally. you know, and then what really scares me is then the Democrats guys, oh, we need regulation. You know what? Zuckerberg's going to go, yeah, let's have regulation now because I'm so damn rich. I can afford all the regulation, and all those up-and-coming companies won't be able to. So they won't even be able to get out of the batter's box, and I'll be running the bases, and I'll be Mr. Nice Guy because I – and that's the same reason why those big companies for net neutrality. It kills right. innovation. You know, and his obligation isn't to the public; his obligation is to his shareholders. You know, it's just. But this is what happens when you don't teach people true civics. They look at that stuff, and people, the public goes, "I know something's wrong, but I just can't put my finger on it." And um, exactly. All right, so that's my speech on that. <laughs> I love, I love it. Well, so well said, so well said, man, and. Uh, you know, um, you know. I know, I know you have to. I know you have to run, but we really appreciate uh, having you on, and we want to have you back very soon. Um, you know, you've been an unbelievable guest, and you have an amazing resume. You've lived a hell of a life. You know, you've said a lot. You said you said a lot, man. We, I mean, it's it's so uh, insightful. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I have seen the beast, and I am happy to report back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> Michael, and we love your personality, man. We love your mentality. You know, you're exact. You're you're exactly like us. We love it. Um, I wanna, if you wanna, you know, announce anything, any any promote anything, feel free. Um, I got thousands, thousands of people that listen uh, to my show on all the various different uh, media outlets that I stream the show on. So. so go help a guy out and go buy The Devil Inside the Beltway because it actually is in TV series development. Uh, it won't be for a couple of years because I'm working on the next book that will come out next year. But um, the one thing about this whole thing is I haven't had any income in four years. Now, that's because I can afford the fight because I made a lot of money being an entrepreneur. So I'm not out on the street by any right. means. But um, my book is my living, and it's really good. <laughs> it is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had yeah. really good editors that smack me around, so um, people like it. It's very timely now. It just tell. It's just. It's just. It's all about. If I could have called it something else, again, this is how they do it. Because you know, I put the government's letters in, and I talk about how stupid they are and how they write stuff, and I show people, and you know, you just shake your head in disgust. <laughs> oh, let me tell you oh, one of my favorite things. Let me tell you one of the favorite things that I say in the book, just because it's so damn funny, is that, you know, we had all the, you know, anthrax stuff and all this threat and all the security and 9-11. So, you, you know, the, the FTC actually put in writing, and I put it in the book, they don't want you to use the post office because everything takes too long to get to them going through security. They prefer that you use FedEx. 
<laughs> this is just like, you know, so this is the bureaucratic, um, you know, lawyer that's in an agency that is so far from reality, it's unbelievable. And they, they still go, no, don't use the post office. No, God, it's the U.S. government. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> so I sent I, I sent them it. stuff via the U.S. Post Office. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the fastest way to piss off a bureaucrat is to not be afraid of them. They can't stand it when you're not afraid of them. These are oh. little teeny people. <laughs> so there. <laughs> All right, man. Until yeah, next time. Okay, and, and, you know, Michael, I, I want to say, you know, we really highly appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and we'll have you back on in the next week or two. Yeah, I love it because you guys are mouthy and so am I, so it's a good fit. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, we, we, definitely, we definitely mesh well together. We have a lot of chemistry, and I like that. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right, Thanks we'll talk a lot. To you, talk to you soon. Have a good night. Cheers. All right, see you. Bye. Michael Doherty, everybody. Uh, Great guy. Awesome guy. Loved having him on the show. Um, Very, he's lived a hell of a life. An amazing background. Um, What a guest. What a guest. Right, Zolo? What a guest. Nah, he's a good guy, man. I like that guy. Good sense of humor, too. But he's a smart guy, though. I like him. Yeah, really, really good sense of humor. He really had it. He was hilarious. He was awesome. And he had the exact sort of main mentality that we have. And it's always good. To, we, we love that. We love that. You know what's breaking? We still have, you know, about 15 minutes left. So I want to go over with you. Breaking news today, the Cosby verdict. Bill Cosby found guilty. I'm going to play this tape of the uh, district attorney, the prosecutors, that felt like they, uh, you know, fulfilled and uh, got justice for uh, this slob and what he uh, did to this. I mean, obviously we obviously we know Bill Cosby uh, raped and drugged many women, but this case, especially being found guilty, apparently when the guilty verdict was uh, 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 said in the courtroom, Bill Cosby got up and screamed in anger. This, uh, this is hilarious. Yeah, okay, so hold on, here we go. Uh, Cosby verdict uh, one six. Andre Constand uh, came here to Norristown for justice. And that's what 12 jurors from Montgomery County provided her. Uh, And I would be remiss if I did not thank first uh, those 12 jurors um, for their diligence, the sacrifices that they made, as well as the sacrifices of their families um, so that they could serve in this important duty uh, that they did. Um, So today we're, we're finally Um, in a place to say that justice was done. Uh, As prosecutors, we have a responsibility to seek justice, and we have to go wherever and to whomever uh, it takes us. And to to begin, I want to step back. We have shown from our record uh, that money and power, or who you are, will not stop us from a criminal investigation or prosecuting a case. What was revealed through this investigation was a man who had spent decades preying on women that he drugged and sexually assaulted, and a man who had evaded this moment here today for far too long. He used his celebrity, 
He used his wealth, he used his network of supporters to help him conceal his crimes. And now we really know today who was behind that act, who the real Bill Cosby was, and a jury has spoken with one voice in a court of law and found the defendant guilty of drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constant in his Elkins Park home. Yeah, uh, let's face it, though. I doubt he does any prison time. I don't know, man. I, just, I don't know. I, I, don't, I go back and forth. I go back and forth because with all his money, I wonder. But I go back and forth. Will he get some time? Maybe, maybe. But I don't think it's – they say he could face uh, up to 30 years. But if he does any time, I would say only a few years. 10 and he'll die in prison. <laughs> He, oh, he will. I mean, if that happened, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still wondering how that's all going to go down. Because when I, put when I heard way. that, put it this way, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't do time. But if he does, I would, uh, I wouldn't be surprised as well. It could go either way. Yeah, it really could. And we're gonna. I mean, it's gonna. He, yeah. I mean. It's one of those things where all these years later, that's one of the things you got to put into perspective. There's, there's just certain things to the case that I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, and there's all these different lawyers and, and analysts that are talking about it, and you know they go back and forth too. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those things that it's 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 hard to it's hard to uh, uh, get, you know know the exact uh, conclusion at this point. Um, no, no, I, do want to I announce, agree, but go ahead. I was just saying real quick, dude, like if you like read about it, like there really is like 50 women, like this dude's a bad mother. Oh yeah. Mother. Oh ever. yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred, hundred. I mean, I think it was, I think there, I mean, I think it's more, it's way more than 50. They just haven't came out, but it's way more. Yeah. I mean, they had like, he was, they had pictures of all the faces and it's like, holy shit. Like there was a lot. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a sick, yeah sick individual. Um, I do I do want to um, I want to announce that the NRA has br- broke a 15 year fundraising record with nearly 2.5 million ra- raised in just March. Amazing. I know. It, it, thank it's you, David Hogg. Yeah, yeah, David Hogg. Thank you. Um, and another great thing, another great article out today, Trump wants to erase uh, the student loan debt for disabled veterans, which is 100 uh, percent. This is, should have been brought to light a long time ago, but no other president has ever even talked about this. And this, is, has been, this has been, should have been dealt with long ago. And now president is putting this into perspective, and this is going to take a big relief. Off of our true heroes I mean Only Trump would be the one To figure this this out You know because he's a businessman And he's smart as hell But how can anyone disagree with this The liberals will disagree with this Somehow they'll find a way But how can you disagree With forgiving student loan debt For how can you disagree with that It's such common sense Yeah it, it is common sense and now we have another company, a huge company announced today, Infosys, announces a thousands of American jobs, 35 million U.S. 
uh, investment in education center. Unbelievable. I mean, every day there's more and more new investments. I mean, there's so much good stuff. A new, another new report out today. Thank God, this report. Nine in, in ten Americans still believe in God or divinity. So nine in ten Americans still believe in God or divinity. Thank God. Oh, that's a great number, man. I thought it would have been lower with the left. Yeah, me too. Thank I was God. surprised. I thought it would have been. I thought it would have been a lot lower. Like, is it, a lot of atheists have been starting to take effect in this country. Yeah, and with the with the left and their war on God and Christianity, a lot of people have been brainwashed. You know, I mean, even in school they've removed God. So that's a, that's a surprising but good number. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, there and uh, it's one of those things that. Um, you know, the, you know the the religion aspect. You know, I'm I'm so it's it, people are. I even strongly believe since Trump came into office, people have become more holy. People have become more Christian. There's been people that have even gone gone to the religion because of Trump. I believe I believe that strongly. You know what I mean? Or he has. He's made it great again. I mean, he's made Christianity great again. He really has. I mean, he's Obama didn't talk about Christianity for eight years. All he talked about was Muslims. And the reason that that he's making Christianity great again is because he's a real person. You know, he doesn't act like he's this sinless person who's never, you know, sinned in his life. He's a real guy. He admits he, yeah. he, he's a Christian. He believes in God. And people respond to that. People don't respond to people, you know, like Ted Cruz, who says, oh, I'm such a perfect Christian. You know, people don't respond to that. People respond to genuine, genuine people. Trump is a genuine guy. Of course he's sinned. Of course he's not a, you know, he's not the Pope. But people, evangelicals, that's why evangelicals are with him, because they look at Trump as a real guy. He believes in God. There's pictures of him praying constantly, having people pray yeah. with him. So yep. he's a real he's – he's just a person just like us. He just happens to be rich and be the president of the United States. So people like that. It's so, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a, you know, it's, it's a beautiful blessing. It truly is. Real quick you know, before he's not we go, we have a little bit – oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, my bad. I was just saying that he's uh, he doesn't come off like he's pretending that he's a Christian. He he's like he's he does he's not pretending. He's like this this great great you know sinless person. He he admits that he's you know sinned and he's a sinful person, but people like that that realness to him. You know. Yeah, yeah. Now now we have about two minutes left. La- la- last thing before we go, we really have to talk about this for like two minutes. But judge, uh, a New York City judge ruled Barr can kick out Trump supporters that wear mega hats. They had the right to do that. Isn't that disgusting? Didn't you read about that? I, I heard about that. I thought it was a joke, but then I found out it wasn't. That is tyranny, okay? That's a judge. Yeah, that's like, that's like, who that's like disparaging or, or, or like kicking somebody out because of their religion, you know? It's discrimination, man. Because I have a hat yep. on that supports the president, yep. you're going to kick me out of your bar, and a federal and a yep. judge is going to say that's yep. okay. Yep. What if it's, what it's, if I what if I had a bar 
and I didn't let people with turbans in, I would have get sued out of my ass. Yeah, and, and the whole media would would make a whole big deal out of it. But all there's crickets. Media isn't even talking about it. It's disgraceful. Disgraceful. Oh, it pisses me off. It pisses me off. Yep, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. We have about a minute left, Mike. But uh, yeah, I uh, we will be back on. Um, we'll be back on tomorrow. Um, I um, thank everybody. Um, for tuning in uh, to the Rory Sauter Show. Um, you know, thank you all for listening. Uh, we've had a great show. There's been a lot uh, a lot going on, a lot happening. We addressed a lot of issues tonight that we're very proud of. We got a lot taken care of, a lot crossed off the agenda. Um, again, much love to all of you. I hope you all have a great night. Thank you for tuning in. God bless uh, cheers, everybody. And also, don't forget to visit my clothing website, thedonaldjtrumpstore.com. Again, that's thedonaldjtrumpstore.com. And my other site, makingchristianitygreatagain.com. Again, that's makingchristianitygreatagain.com. Thank you, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.